At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. We've been on a series for the last three weeks um, entitled just simply righteousness. And actually, uh, it's been a series that I've, I've never taught on righteousness like this. When I first came to Kerrville in 1989, um, that's what we were teaching on, was righteousness in 1989. But, I've, but, but what we're teaching today and what we're looking at today and, and, and actually processing Scripture today um, and in this series, I've never, I've never done it quite like this. And so um, I just actually just really want to jump right into it because there's something absolutely life-changing about realizing who you are in Christ, who Jesus is to you, and what is available in life when you understand that you're right with God no matter what you've done. You're right with God. People that don't know God, that have never received Jesus as their Savior, they're right with God, but they don't know it. People that have received Jesus as their Savior, many of them are right with God, but they don't know it either. Whether you live your whole life and never know that on this planet, if you accept Jesus, as your Savior, you have your destination of heaven. If you don't accept Him, you don't have that destination. You don't have that, that end, um, the, the end location where you're going to end and spend the rest of your life. And, um, and so, living here on planet earth, being born again and not having the understanding of what righteousness really means in your personal life, not having that, causes you to live a life where you tolerate so many things that you don't have to tolerate. And that's what I want to look at today. And um, I, want to read, um, I want to read the definition. I've kind of, this definition's evolved through the weeks, but I want to read this definition of righteousness that, that I have today that I, it's the same one that I gave you last week. Um, righteousness is doing what is right or being right and being innocent. And I want, I want to, we, we focused on the innocence last week, um, and I want to really stay with that again today. But to be right with God is to be innocent, to be not guilty. It's a righteousness it has to do with a heart that is free of guilt, sin, and shame to the point it is never remembered. Never remembered. The mistakes are never remembered. Can, can a person live that way? I say yes, based on what we've been talking about and what we're going to look at today. I want to read our uh, foundational scripture out of 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21. I'm going to read it in the New King James and the New Living both. For He made Him, the Father made Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. That we might become the righteousness of God in Him. For God made Christ, 
And this is in the New Living. God made Christ. Everybody say, He made Him. God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made. Everybody say, I've been made. So He was made and I was made, right? He was made and you were made. He was made and all of humanity was made. So that we could be made right with God through Christ Jesus. We could be made right with Him. Jesus was made sin so that we could be made right. Listen, I I, I feel, I, I look at it like this. Do you think that God is pleased with Jesus? You think the Father is pleased with Jesus? You think Jesus is pleased with the Father and the Holy Spirit? You feel like the three in one, do you feel like that they're pleased with each other? Well, through the blood of Jesus, I'm, God is as pleased with me as He is with Himself. And that takes a while to process. Because most people live their lives more focused concentrating more on their failures and their mistakes than anything else. And I want to show you a couple things today, add to what we've talked about, so that we can see ourselves in a greater way. uh, This verse, these two verses I'm going to read out of Romans 1, we've read this many, many, many times before. Most of you that are here, these these are two very familiar verses of Scripture, but I want to look at this this passage in a little bit different way. Romans 1 and verse 16, Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news. I'm not ashamed of the word, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for the Gentile. So there's Neither Jew nor Greek, neither male nor female, neither bond nor free. There's no, there's no, God is no respecter of person. He's a respecter of faith, right? But watch this, watch the 17th verse. For in it, in the gospel, in the word of God, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So what I want to interject in the word righteousness is the word innocence, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say that in the gospel, in the word of God, what's been revealed is what is revealed when you spend time in the word of God. What's revealed is that you're innocent. And and how do you get that innocence? From faith to faith. You learn that you're innocent no matter what you've done when you live from one faith experience to the next. When you live that way, then you realize you're innocent. I'll read it like this again. For in it, in the gospel, in the word of God, 
the innocence of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just, the innocent, shall live by faith. The just, the righteous, the innocent will live their lives by faith. When you become innocent in your life, you will live by faith. What keeps you and I from living by faith is feeling like we're guilty. Now, I want you to think about these two things, okay? I want you to think about this. It's really important that you get this, what I'm fixing to say right now. Because here lies so much of the problem day to day, I feel like, in our lives. And I feel like when I say what I'm going to say to you right now, that it's going to open something up in, in, in many of your lives. It's opened up something to me over the last few years in seeing this. Um, <clears throat> so, no matter what I've done in my life, okay, no matter what I've done, no matter mistake, I don't care what it is, I'm innocent because of the blood. Because of the blood of Jesus, in other words, in other words, if I was standing before a court regarding issues that I've done wrong in my life, if I was honest, I'd have to plead guilty. You would have to plead guilty over mistakes that you've made in your life. You'd have to plead guilty. But the blood of Jesus has pled over our lives, not guilty. So either I'm guilty or I'm not. You can't be both. And if our attorney, our advocate with the, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, our advocate, our attorney has gone before the judge of the universe, the Father, the creator of the whole universe, and said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but your will be done. And in that moment, what he said before he actually went to the cross it was already established because of the decision that he made. Not his will, but the will of the Father. And he stood before him and he said, Father, I take on their sin. I'm made sinful with their sin so that they're innocent. And I declare today, every human being that ever lived or ever will live is innocent. That's either true or it's not true. And here's the thing that I feel like is a real issue day to day. Some people that are guilty, it's all over them. Some people that are guilty about things that they've done in life, they hide. And in most cases, if you're guilty, so is everybody else. 
And I want you to think about that for yourself, just for a moment. If you're guilty, then you want everybody else to be guilty so, you don't, so that the light is not focused on your guilt. That's most people. And most people hide that. Most people are mad at, at, at the world. Well, you know, I, was, I worked this job and this happened there and so I quit. Where do you work now? Well, I, I worked this other job, but I quit that one too. Well, it's all these people. And yet, you're the same person that all those places that it's all bad. I just want to ask you this question. How many of you, you believe every time somebody tells you something that's not good about someone else? How many, time, how many in here, don't raise your hand. I'm just asking, please don't raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand. I'm asking you to think about this. How many of you believe when there's something negative spoken about someone else, you believe it? Listen to me. You, you, can, you can agree with me or not. I mean, you, I'm, I'm giving you information because of where I'm going in the rest of this message. But if you're that kind of person, it's because you're guilty. And most, I'll just talk about Americans. Most Americans live a guilt-ridden life because they don't know they're innocent. And they don't know that they could be. And, and why, why would you believe in a God that you can't even see that says you're innocent when you know you're guilty? I know I did those things. Yeah. But remember the verse we read in 1 John? If you say you have no sin, you're not practicing the truth. But if you have sinned, you have an advocate with, with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And what do you do? You confess your sin. And when you're confessing your sins, are you confessing your sin for Jesus or the Father? No, you're already innocent. You're confessing the sin to renew your mind that, hey, I just confessed something that I did wrong, but I was innocent before I did it. Bottom line is, we've got to get to a place where we uproot all of these guilt-ridden issues and attitudes in life that we're carrying around like a ball and chain, keeping us from being able to accept what Jesus did for us. Because I'm just telling you, I'm ending this message today. In, in got a few other verses to read, but I'm ending this message with a passage that I've read many, many times that you've heard read, read many, many times. I'm reading it in a certain translation. And just the reading of this word has the potential to literally change your life from here on. Literally, you, you'll never be the same when you hear these words read, read today. Wow, that's, that's a pretty big promise. Yeah, but, you know, when you're talking about the word, yeah, it's pretty big. And I'm going to read something to you today that'll revolutionary. It'll revolutionize your life if you'll let it. Everybody say this: I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Say it again. I'm 
We are innocent no matter what we've done. And listen, when you know you're innocent, it makes you want to do right. When, when you're guilty, everybody else is guilty. But when you know you're innocent, you look at people differently. You look at them like, eh, you know, I know, that, I know what they did, but, but I'm, I'm going to pray for them. That's why, that's, why we, that's why we pray for people. That's why we challenge you to pray Ephesians 1 and 3 and Colossians 1 over people's lives. Let me, let me say something else about that. There's a difference in, if, if, you, if you're always looking for other people to pray for you, a big part of that problem is you don't know who you are and the authority that you have to demand things to be in your life. Where does that come from? Righteousness. But ultimately, because of the word we're using today, it comes from knowing that you're innocent. See, we've challenged you to pray for people, but to pray that their eyes be opened up. You say, well, you know, I, you know why would I pray for somebody every day? For that. You know, just praying for somebody, somebody has an ailment in their body, something's going on with them. I'm not saying we don't pray, but the church has got to rise up and believe that when you pray, you have what you say. The church has got to rise up and one of the main enemies against that is the fact that we walk around feeling guilty about everything that's going on. Focused on our mistakes to the point, how could God love us and do anything for us? That's got to be uprooted and out of your life. Did you hear me? If that's not uprooted and out... You'll live this life not receiving the best that God has for you. And it takes time. It takes time. You know why? If we were in heaven, it would be a totally different situation. But the fact that we're here, we have an enemy who is the resistance against our faith. What did we just read in in, uh, Romans 1? That when you know in, in the Word of God is the innocence that is found, that innocence is developed from faith to faith, from one faith experience to the next. That's where that happens. That's where you see it revealed. So when I'm, when I'm you know, when, when, I've, when I've got, when I'm guilt-ridden, and I've got things going on on the inside of me, and I have attitude toward other people, and I have, I, I'm, I'm seeing other people as the problem. So when I begin to see in the Word that that's what I'm doing, by faith I begin to declare over my life and over myself that, you know what, I'm, I'm, Lord, I'm not giving in to this. I'm not, I'm not allowing myself to see those people as the enemy. They're not the enemy. The enemy's the enemy. And the things that they're doing, they're doing because of the fears and the cares and the, and the guilty feelings that they have in their life. And what they need is me speaking over them and praying for them instead of seeing them as the enemy and believing the worst about everybody. Wow, do we live in a nation today, right now, where everybody believes the worst of everybody? Man, you, you got you to gotta reach up and get a hold of your soulish 
um, volume control and shut it off. I, 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 can't, I can't listen to the news. I mean, I'll get a little bit of information. I can listen to the news. I don't, I don't listen to the news. I get a little bit of information to make me know some things. I don't have time to spend listening to what one person's opinion about the next person is and, and back and forth. I'm spending, I'm learning to spend my time speaking Ephesians 1 and 3 and Colossians 1 over their lives. That's what I'm doing. And when I find somebody that I'd like, I, I want to be mad at, I, I, I mean, I was, I was just in the last few days at my father's in New Mexico and I was having lunch with somebody and, and the, they were talking about their governor and, uh, you know, in the natural, she's a piece of work is what they all say. So I, you know, they, they were saying stuff about her and, and so I just entered into agreement with them. And I thought, no, 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 no. i got to stop that. Because I've said some things about her because of some things that I've seen done. And some things that happened in, in another city in Albuquerque where some of my family lives and some just horrible things have happened. It looks like it's the decision of the governor. And I got an agreement with them too. It's easy to do those kind of things. I'm telling you, I'm saying that to you because if you don't stop that, you can have an opinion about something, but if you let your opinion rule you, it'll destroy you. Because I promise you, it won't lead you to goodness. It'll lead you to competition and anger and frustration and against everybody on the planet. Think, think about people that you don't like because of what somebody else that you don't know said about them. Would you want to be treated that way? I'm not saying they're not doing it. But we're talking about, in, in, our, in, our, in our society, through the news and the media and those kind of things, we're listening to people we don't know. We don't know for sure whether, like somebody that maybe you like, and so you're listening to them thinking they're all right. You don't know. And they're telling you things about somebody else that you don't know, that they think they know, and they think they know what's going on, and maybe they do. But listen, if, if I'm going to do that, trying to figure all that kind of stuff out, it's going to wear you out. Why would I want to do that when I can say, you know what, okay, if that kind of stuff is true and that's really going on, man, that, that needs some attention with words that are power-filled coming from a righteous person who knows they're righteous and they're innocent and they have power to make declarations that actually come to pass and it changes the whole planet because of my faith. The just, the righteous shall live by faith. That's where I'm living my life. How about you? But we've got to know that we're innocent. Can you say amen? We've got to know that we're innocent. 1 John 4 and verse 17. <clears throat> and then I'm going to read my last passage. Love has been perfected among us in this. That we have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Now, I'm not saying everybody's believed it this way, but but when I was early in my Christian walk and I heard this passage uh, ministered and shared, um, the, I heard it 
preached a number of different ways or d- different times the same way. And, um, and so what was preached was this, that on the day of judgment, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that I need to be now, I need to be getting my life right now on the planet earth and being just like he is so when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, then I'll be forgiven. And I heard it preached that way many, many times. And a number of years ago, God showed me here in this passage something a little bit different. And he said, there is, a, there is a, a judgment day, the judgment seat of Christ. And when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I'm going to be forgiven. Because today, I know that as He is, so am I. See, Jesus is righteous. Did you hear me? He's innocent. He never sinned. But he was made sin with my sin so that I would be right. So in his eyes, I'm already right. So as he is in the earth, so am I. But when you believe that, holy moly, when you really believe that, that as he is in the earth, so am I, because of what he did, then I can do everything he did. And he said, I can even do greater works because of where he sits. Everybody say, I'm innocent. You and I are innocent, and we are right, and we are just like him in the earth if we receive that. You need to meditate on that. You need to make that a part of your life. That needs to go deep down on the inside of you. Because as He is in the earth, so are you, but you have to believe that for that to work for you. Can you say amen? So I want you to turn to, or watch on the screen, Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to start with verse 29. I'm going to read the last 10 verses of Romans chapter 8 in the New Living Translation. Um, And what I want to say to you as I read this is that you are righteous today, okay? You're righteous. You're right with God. You're innocent today because the righteous one took everything on himself that you should have paid for and anything that you'll ever screw up in on this planet, he took it on himself so that you could be innocent. And I'm saying to you today that when you know you're innocent, you want to do right. Guilty people that walk around with guilt tolerate and put up with so much every day of their life that they don't have to put up with. 
And this passage I'm going to read to you right here, in light of everything that I've talked to you about in the last few services and in this service, it is all summarized and comes together in this passage right here. And I'm just going to, as I read this, I'm going to take my time in it, but I want you to get this. Just close your eyes for a moment. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you that they have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts that understand. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of them, that is revealing to them the truth as I read this passage that you gave me and what you've shown me that they and all of us need to have as a weapon in our arsenal to overcome every obstacle of the enemy. Today, Father, we so thankful, so grateful for all that you've done, what you're doing, and what the future holds. And I thank you for wisdom and understanding coming out of this passage to be able to fulfill all that you have for us in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Verse 29, New Living Translation. For God knew His people in advance. Hmm. You could sit and meditate on that for a long time. He knew me in advance. (laughs) He knew me before I was. And He chose them to become like His Son. He chose me to be like Jesus. He's as happy with me as He is with Jesus because of what Jesus chose. And when Jesus chose, not my will but yours be done, Father, He chose me. He chose you. So that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen, that, chose, and having chosen them, He called them to come to Him. And having called them, He gave them right standing with Himself. And having given them right standing, He gave them His glory. The glory of God has to do with everything about the nature of God. You, you, I mean, that, that, as I'm defining that, that's a weak definition. But He gave us His glory, His nature, His way of thinking, His way of operating. He gave us the ability to do and accomplish everything that He can accomplish. It's not fair. We don't deserve it. We don't, why in the world? What, I mean, did God have a bad hair day when He chose to do this for us? Because we're talking about us. Mostly y'all. But you know what I'm saying. He's talking about us. He chose us. Come on. He chose you and I to be with Him. 
And having called us, He gave us right standing with Himself, and having given them right standing, He gave them His glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Man, you've got to work that out in your soul. You've got to work that out in you. Did you hear what he just said? Because of my right standing with him, when, if somebody can be against me and, and overtake me, and they can get the best of me, then if I'm trusting God, then that means they're getting the best of him. Mm, no way. I'll read that again. So if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, won't He also give us everything else? Well, how much, of, how much is everything? Yeah, well, but, but Pastor, do you mean that that's everything? That's part of everything. Will He not give you everything else? And you know what the thoughts are that come to your mind about the everything else? Yeah, but what about this financial situation? Yeah, but what about this physical situation? Yeah, but what about this situation right here? Yeah, but what about this thing I've been longing for? He said He would give you everything else. Now, Rewind to what I've been talking about today. What's the killer to this? Being guilty. And people are guilty in lots of different ways. Like I said, some people are guilty, and I mean, it's real evident that they're guilty. But other people are big hiders. And they hide behind certain personality traits that are strong qualities that they can like hide behind maybe being funny or being aggressive or being a leader or being something here but yet internally they're guilty I used to believe everything that people said when I first started pastoring you know somebody tell me something and I just believe it was true but today God's allowed me to judge other people because I don't judge them and condemn them. I pray for them. And you won't hear, you won't see some article in the, well, nobody reads the newspaper anymore anyway, but I mean, you, you, won't, you won't see something on social media, I'll say it like that. You won't see something on social media for me about something that I'm praying about for the good of someone else. And God will reveal things to you when you're trustworthy and you've been faithful with it. And you realize, you know what? Their, their issue is that they're guilty. And I was there too. And God delivered me. Now I'm praying for their deliverance. And you don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to tell anybody about 
who you're praying for and the way you're praying for a situation because God will see you through. And when, you, when you're trusting God and you're developing faith, you're becoming even more innocent in your own life, more innocent than you've ever been in ever before. And when you're innocent, man, you can receive it all from God. What does he say here? He said, um, so, so let, let me read that last one. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? That's a question mark. You have to answer that. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? How many different places in the Scripture says, Fear not, for I'm with you. What can man do to you if I'm on your side? That's what he's saying right here. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. His blood is pleading for you. He has pled his blood for you. He has pledged his blood for you. And that blood annihilated all sin. He took it on himself. He went, to, he went to the grave. He went to hell. He was separated from God. If he wasn't separated from God spiritually, then you and I aren't saved. And he was, and he delivered us. And today, I'm innocent. And today, I can't speak for you. You have to take what I say. You've got to make it a part of you, and you've got to live your life innocent, no matter what. What's really difficult with what I'm saying to you about being innocent and living innocent is, one of, one of the factors that you have to factor in is that, that everybody sitting in here today, somebody's done you wrong. Somebody's done you wrong. I was convinced that my mom did me wrong. I was convinced of it from about the time I was 13 years old. I just, you know, I had a, a literal hatred for her. When my wife and I got married, I wouldn't even invite her to my wedding because of, because of the fact that I was convinced that she left me, she left my dad, and then she left me and, and all these kind of things, and I carried that for years and years. And I grew in the things of God very quickly. I grew and had a heart and a passion for the things of God, but I didn't want to deal with that. Didn't want to deal with that thing. And those type of situations, there's guilt-ridden issues inside of you that you don't even know what they are and the reason that you feel the way that you do. And part of what I'm sharing with you today came out of the deliverance that I experienced with what I was holding on to where my mom was concerned. And God began to teach me in those days how to pray for her. I didn't want to. But I had to begin to pray for her so I could come to the place where I was willing to have the want to to forgive her. And you know what was really amazing was? When I forgave her, what I realized was what I thought she did to me, she didn't really do. As a 13-year-old kid, the devil 
He made sure that I carried that thing because he wanted to keep me from fulfilling my destiny. He wanted to do everything he could. And inside of when, when you're holding those kind of things toward people that have done you wrong, you, 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 you're, you know it's wrong because on the tablet of every person's heart is written the laws of God. You know it's wrong. But you can't go there because, man, you've got to hold on to that thing because that's your protection. And man, when I gave that thing up, and I was able to forgive my mom, I was able to live with her, and I, she, she, did, she, she asked Jesus into her heart when she was a young girl, and never lived, you know, the things of God, or she, she had a passion for it, but she, nobody taught her how to live, and she had a bunch of issues that happened in her life. And on my front porch in 2006, my mom and I were sitting in our swing, and she rededicated her life to the Lord. As... But how can you do that? How can you do that if you don't get to the root of what is trying to hold you, and you're walking around guilty, you know, you're, you know it's wrong, but you can't admit that it's wrong. That's part of the guilt. That's, that's one form of it. And God wants you free of that. I'm innocent. And so because of that, not only are the things that I've done I'm, I'm innocent of, but the things that other people have done for me, they're innocent too. <laughs> I, I, never, I never dreamed that I could live that way. What do you mean they're innocent too? Well, did Jesus die for them just like he died for me? Then who am I to be the judge of who's going to be able to be innocent or not? And when you're the judge, you're bad at it. You're horrible. You're a horrible judge. Mm -mm. He's the judge. And he said, you leave the judging to me. And I'll do the judging correctly. Because I love all these people that you don't like. And when you begin to see that, then you start loving the people that he loves, which is everybody. I'm just becoming a ridiculous lover. So then he says next verse, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer, watch this, does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble, or calamity, or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death, or you can put anything in there, what did he say? Does it mean he no longer loves us because we're having some difficult times? What's the answer to that question right there? Absolutely not. As the scripture says, for your sakes... We are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things that we face and that we go through and all this, overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ who loved us, who has made sin for us so that we could be right. And I'm convinced, Paul says this, and I'm, I'm right with him. I'm convinced. I'm saying this for myself. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, 
Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our righteousness, our innocence. It's revealed. Nothing. And it's my choice to choose to let nothing get between me and the love of God. And again, I'm going to tell you that it's one of the hardest, most difficult things to do on a day-to-day basis when you are learning to forgive guilty people. But you'll never forgive guilty people if you don't forgive yourself and become innocent in your own eyes through the blood of Jesus. You'll just try, you just, it'll be a labor. Well, I know I need to, but you know, what they did was even worse. There'll be some excuse why you can't do that. But when you're innocent, then you begin to see people innocent. I never, I never knew that that was true, but that's the absolute truth. You can take that or not take it, but all the scriptures that I gave you today back that up. Every single scripture that I gave you, and there's many, 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 many more that back up the fact. When I know I'm not guilty and I know that I'm innocent, then I look at people in a totally different way. And you know what? I just keep my mouth shut when it comes to talking about people. You know, a couple of days ago, I got cut up talking about the governor of New Mexico. And she's this and she's that. And she did that. You know, you know what? No, 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 no. I put her name down on my list and I'm praying for her every day. You know, it's the people you don't pray for, the people that you have a problem with. So that's why I find myself just praying for everybody. <laughs> God, I just pray for all six and a half billion people on the planet. I I mean, you know, that's not going to hurt anybody. Maybe that's not as effective as other prayers can be. But, you know, I mean, start somewhere. Thank God for his word today. Amen. Thank God for this truth. It's going deep in your hearts. And it will not return void, but accomplish what it was set out to accomplish in your life in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.